this week on The Startup Life. There's certain things that has, has to happen, and that's kind of what, that, that's exactly what we do. We give business owners a plan. Every single month, we'll monitor, we monitor and analyze the business's performance, and we'll analyze the financials, because we're the financial people in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And we'll come to you and say, Mr. Business Owner, Mrs. Business Owner, we, we think that you need to work on these four things this month to have a growing and more profitable business. Hi, Startup Nation, so let's take flight with Adam Lean. Founder of the CFO Project. The startup life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own look, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to see some value today. We got a big time guest in the building today. We got Adam Lean of the CFO Project. What's going on, Big A? <laughs> Not a whole lot. How are you doing? I cannot complain, man. Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the startup life today? Yeah, I'm ready. All righty. As always, this is your host, Dominic Lawson. This is the Startup Life Podcast, and it is powered by the Binge Podcast Network. So first things first, my friend, tell us about your path to entrepreneurship. Oh, man. Well, in college, I was an accounting major. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I'll become an accountant. So after college, became an accountant and hated it. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, you know, I I enjoyed where I worked. I just didn't enjoy the actual job of being an accountant because an accountant's job is to record what happened in the past. And I just wanted to get in in the business and get my hands dirty and and work in operations. And, and, you know, in accounting, they expect you to sit behind the desk all day. (laughs) So at night uh, and on the weekends, I started my own business. And this was back in 2006. I started an e-commerce store. Okay. uh, And that was when it was really easy (laughs) to start an e-commerce store. Mm -hmm. And and that that grew. Within a couple of years, I was doing a half a million dollars in sales. And so I was able to leave my, my accounting job and right. focus on this and uh, you know sales were growing fast mm-hmm. but ye- every single year the profit margin was getting smaller and smaller mm. uh, it's for various reasons but it just is what it is and so I was able to navigate that fairly okay because I had an accounting background well I started working with other small businesses that owned other uh, internet you know, e-commerce stores and realized that they were struggling just like I was, but they didn't have the benefit of having an accounting degree and being an accountant. They were not able to navigate it. And they just thought, hey, I just need to work harder and longer and put in more hours and just grow sales to right. fix my business. And that, you know, that just wasn't the case. And so uh, I was able to help them figure out sort of a strategy, a plan to navigate, to, to do what a business is supposed to do, which is to make 
more profit. Right. What a lot of business owners uh, and entrepreneurs out there don't really understand at first. I just think that sales is what matters. It's not. It's what you get to put in your bank and keep that matters. You no, know, no. To get there, you've got to make a profit, and there's just certain things that you have to do. So, anyways, I, when I, you know, I sold my e-commerce store five years ago, and I started consulting full time with those businesses, and that morphed into what I'm doing now with the CFO project. So, you know, we we help business owners, small business owners specifically, figure out a way to make a profit. Got you, got you. Thank you for sharing it. And I, I'm glad you brought up that distinction between revenue, sales, and profit because I think that's a that's where a lot of people uh, maybe kind of get confused, especially those new startup founders, right? And, and so, explain a little bit about how easy uh, those profit margins get can get eaten up over time. Because like you can have five hundred thousand dollars in sales, but you're not necessarily having a decent profit margin. So. I kind of explain how those profit margins kind of get eaten up as a startup founder. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, business owners and entrepreneurs like to talk about how much they're doing in revenue, you know, a million dollar business. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're a million dollar business, but you're paying out (laughs) $999,000 to other people, then no, you're not a million dollar business. You're, you know, a thousand dollar business. Right. Uh, And it's not worth it. So a lot of business owners, you know, you glorify sales and sales is obviously important, but it's not the most important thing. I'd rather have a million dollars deposited in my bank account as in, in terms of profit that I get to keep, you know, I'd, I'd rather focus on that. And so uh, to answer your question, a lot of business owners, you know, they, they are hyper focused on sales, which you should be right. Don't get me wrong, but you've also got to be hyper focused on what you spend your money on. So when you get a $100 sale in the door, you want to keep as much of that $100 as possible. And that's that's called your profit margin. So if you kept, if you got $100 in sales and you kept $100, then you would have a 100% profit margin. That's the goal. Well, of course, that's not possible in most businesses. Right. You've got to pay out something to keep your business alive. And so you want to keep, you want to get as close to that hundred percent as possible. I mean, nothing's worse than seeing a company and I see them all the time. It's, you know, a small business that's, that's making that hundred dollar sale, but they, they're only keeping 2% of it. You know, that's, you know, it, it's, right. it's not a, uh, it's not good. You're spending all this time and effort and energy to trade dollars for dollars. And it's definitely not sustainable, right? No, absolutely not. Because you want to keep, you know, the whole point of business is to to create, you know, sort of manufacture cash. I mean, that's really what a business is. If you think of a business as a small business is like a machine sitting in your garage where that machine's only function is to produce cash, you want to keep your machine as finely tuned as possible. And so that that's really the job of your business. You want to keep your job as your, your business as finely tuned as possible so that it keeps producing more and more cash. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And Starlet Mason, I hope you, you caught that, you know, definitely knowing those distinctions, but definitely trying to make sure you have that sustainable profit margin to keep the doors open. So that, I appreciate that. And that actually kind of leads into my next question, Adam. So I appreciate you kind of segueing this to that. So, you know, I'm really glad you're on the Startup Life Powered by the Bench Podcast Network. 
because we have so many people that have great ideas, but they forget about three things that I think that are very important, you know, uh, for starting a company, this, any other, and that's financials, marketing, and the selling that they must do, right? And you often say that most businesses don't make it past their fifth birthday because of those things. So Adam, help me out because I say this in Startup Nation all the time, but you know how it is. If I say it all the time, like, yeah, Dominic, whatever. So Adam, back me up here. You know, that you just can't focus on the craft of the business, but you got to take a comprehensive view in order to be successful. Back me up here a little bit, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most businesses that start in the country are service-based businesses. Mm -hmm. And it's because a person is an expert at a certain craft, like you said. So for example, a mar somebody that knows marketing starts a marketing agency. A dentist was trained in dentistry, so they buy a dental practice. Right. So most businesses that start are service-based businesses because these business owners are experts in a certain area. But the problem is, and you, you mentioned this earlier, half of all small businesses fail within the first five years. Mm -hmm. And that's according to the Small Business Administration. They track these things. So 50% of all small businesses fail. And I believe that they, you know, they fail because they're not focused on the most important things. And you sort of hit the nail on the head with those three things you mentioned, financials, marketing, and selling. Mm -hmm. Those are, those are definitely important. Uh, you know, but business owners, they tend to spend most of their time working in their business. So for example, that dentist will spend majority of their day being a dentist. Right. The problem is that the whole point of his business or her business is to make a profit. And so there's a, there's a, there's a, a few, there's other things that, that person has to be focused on throughout the month in order to, to stay in business in order to not be one of those 50% of businesses that fail. You've got to focus on the most important things. You know, you mentioned financials, marketing and selling. I mean, obviously you've got to market right. to get the sales. Right. But then once you get that, you've got to keep the sales. You got to keep that hundred percent as much as possible profit. Uh, and, and there's, there's certain things that has, has to happen. And that's kind of what that that's exactly what we do. We give business owners, a plan every single month we'll monitor we monitor and analyze the business's performance and we'll analyze the financials because we're the financial people in this scenario mm -hmm. and we'll come to you and say mr business owner mrs business owner we we think that you need to work on these four things this month to have a growing and more profitable business gotcha. and then we help you strategize and figure that out that way you could be great at a dentist you could you could focus all your energy on being a dentist or or mark you know being that marketing expert or you know the the cook who starts a restaurant you can spend most of your time doing what you do best knowing that you have a, and this is why we call it the CFO project you have a financial a chief financial officer if you will monitoring your business to make sure that you're going to have a growing and more profitable business. Hey, Startup Nation, I really want to chime in here with a reflection point because Adam brings up a very important thing. Look, Startup Nation, on your path to entrepreneurship, we definitely have to find that balance between working on the business versus working in the business. I don't have to explain what that is because I think Adam did a very good job of explaining what that looks like and what that is. But Startup Nation, that's the difference between scaling and growing. Look, in the beginning, 
you're going to have to do a lot of working in the business for the sustainability. You got to keep the doors open. You got to keep the business of afloat. But over time, you want to start thinking about growing and scaling the business. That's where it comes to working on the business, right? And so how do we achieve that? We do this by delegating to the team members that we hire. We also make sure those team members are the right fit for our culture, for our brand, and for our business, Startup Nation. And also, when we do hire the right people, we have to give them the constant uh, professional development that they need and uh, that honestly, some of them really want to be better in the business, to be better in their role, which ultimately benefits you and the company, Startup Nation. And so in the show notes, we've actually uh, inserted a link to a New York Times piece that really talks about steps to working on the business versus working in the business. Because, and the thing is, Startup Nation, this is really important because as you, whether you call yourself the CEO, the executive director, or whatever the case may be, that's a business working at its optimum level. As the executive director or the CEO, you are the one who's really out there just guiding the ship and selling the business, letting the marketplace know we're here to serve you, we have the product you need, we have the service you need, while the people that you hire, your team members, if you will, are doing the nuts and bolts, the day-to-day uh, jobs of keeping the doors open. So on your path to entrepreneurship, really think about, you know, obviously in the beginning, the sustainability and, and keeping the doors open. But over time, think about how to make the decision to transition into growing or working on the business and growing the business. Let's get back to Adam. Gotcha. And start mentioning, if you feel like Adam is a person that can help you in your business, especially on that financial piece, definitely go to the CFOproject.com. We have a link in the show notes for easy access for you to access, you know, uh, Adam services and when what have you. So I appreciate you sharing all of that, Adam, for sure. Yeah, definitely. No worries. So let's go back just a little bit, if you would. Let's go back to your days at uh, Auburn. I feel obligated to go War Eagle. Uh, <laughs> War Eagle. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, but let's go back to Auburn a little bit. So I want you to think about, you know, uh, a professor, the worst professor, t- teacher, boss, mentor you ever had. And what did you learn from him? The worst one? The worst. Oh, man. So I have, I have, I remember this one accounting professor okay. who was a great, I'm assuming he was a great accountant because he was the C, used to be the CFO of a major company. I'm not going to name names, but he used to be a, 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 a major, you know, CFO of a major company, but he, oh my goodness, he couldn't teach accounting. <laughs> <laughs> and it, here's the, the thing though, accounting is not complicated and small business owners, they, they want to complicate their financial statements and their, their, just their, their money and financial and uh, information in general, but it's not that complicated. And this guy, you know, it's, it's interesting. You brought, you know, you asked this question because this guy confused things so much that almost it, you know nobody in the class could really understand. Much less future business owners who didn't want to be an accountant. And I didn't really want to be an accountant. I was more interested in business. It wasn't until I actually became an accountant and then started applying it to my business and to other businesses that it really made sense. And that's actually, you know, one of the things that I pride myself on is that that myself and all the other CFOs we have here, we translate financials and accounting into language that makes sense. I hear that. 
Yeah, because it's not, it shouldn't be complicated. At the end of the day, your goal is to make a profit. That's, if you will, that's your score. I mean, you can't, you can't be a basketball player or a baseball player playing in the game without knowing the score. <laughs> I right. mean, it's hard. Well, you can't be a business owner without knowing the score. And, and so we try to make things super, super clear. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that for sure. So Adam, a while back, you wrote a piece called five ways small businesses can compete with big online businesses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you had many great points in that piece and it was a very good piece, by the way. But I actually want to ask you about number two, because I thought that was fascinating. And number two stated that, you know, uh, big businesses can't provide value other than on price. I love this. Because I think many people only think that the only value or the only value you can provide your client base is on the price. So if you would explain to Startup Nation, what was your thinking behind that point? Yeah, so in, in that, that article is actually geared towards e-commerce business owners, but this okay. really could apply to anybody. For sure. If your main selling point, if you're competing on price, you're probably going to lose. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you own a heating and air company, Right. If you're competing with other heating and air companies in your town, and the only thing you're competing on is price, you're probably going to lose. Even if you make the sale, you're probably not going to have that much profit margin left to really have a growing and sustainable business. Right. So you've got to focus on competing on something other than price. You know, in that article, I was writing it toward to, you know, for other uh, e-commerce business owners, mm -hmm. you know, if you sell bicycles and you're competing on price, you're going to lose to Walmart. You're going to lose to amazon.com. You know, you're going to lose to Dick's Sporting Goods. So you've got to compete on something other than price. So if you're the, 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 the retailer of bicycles online, mm -hmm. one thing you can compete on is being the most knowledgeable about bicycles. Right. That's something that Amazon can't do. That's something that Walmart can't do. They, you know, a customer going to Amazon can't pick up the phone and talk to somebody who's knowledgeable about bicycles. But if you own that bike store, you can. You can have quality salespeople that's trained on, on bicycles. And that way your customers will get to know and like and trust you and buy from you. Right. Thank you for sharing that. And we have a, many in Startup Nation who are still kind of working the nine to five, but they're definitely dipping their toe in the entrepreneurship through the e-commerce space. And, and I love that you pointed that out because like you said, you know, if, if you try to compete on price, they're going to beat you on price every single time. So try to figure out if you can be more knowledgeable, have a better quality product or whatever the case may be. So I appreciate you sharing all that for sure, Adam. Yeah, definitely don't. And I usually tell people don't be like a gas station. <laughs> mm. If you're traveling down the road and you see two gas stations, one at, you know, say 250 a gallon and one at 240 a gallon, most people are going to go to the one that's 240 a gallon because they're competing on price. Well, those two right. gas stations are are, you know, they're selling what, you know, a commodity. They're right. selling something that you can get Anyway, you could, most people don't know the difference between brand A of gas and brand B of gas. They right. just want what's cheapest. Right. So if you're, if, if, if you're the $2.50, the more expensive gas station, you're going to lose. So you've got to compete on something other. You, so, so don't be a gas station. Don't have a commodity product or service. Gotcha. And I think that's very important, that commodity or that thing you got to have anyway to kind of function or something like that. So I appreciate you sharing that distinction. Yeah. 
as well, for sure. So I want to ask you about one more piece that you wrote as well is how to generate cash for your business. So you, you bring up three interesting points that like the how to generate cash for your business, right? You can borrow it. You can sell a piece of your business in exchange for cash, or you can make a profit from your business. And once again, this is excellent content. And this is on uh, Adam's LinkedIn page if you want to read more of his content as well. So I guess I'm curious because I'm always fascinated by content creators and what they write or what they do with podcasts and stuff like that. So what particularly inspired this piece for you to write, Adam? Well, so, you know, cash flow, the, the amount of money you get to keep in your business is the most important thing, you know, and I preach that to every you know business owner that I work with. And so, so making a profit is the best way to generate cash for your business. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to make a profit, there's really two other ways you can generate cash because you've got to have cash. I mean, if you to, to keep the lights on to pay your employees, so you've got to have cash. So there's three ways to generate cash for your business. Of course, my favorite is to make a profit. You know, we've talked about that. Right. Um, and that's what we help our clients do. Um, and the other way, like you mentioned, is to, you know, the first way is to borrow it. Well, you could borrow money from, say, a, a, a lender, a bank, you know, a, a venture capitalist. I mean, there's a ton of places to borrow money. Here's the problem with that. Mm -hmm. One, it's really difficult to get people to lend you money, especially if you're a startup business. Uh, and two, most of them, or actually all of them, want that money back. So it's not real cash. Right. For your that you get to keep you have to pay it back mm -hmm. um, the, the first way is to to borrow the money the second way is to get investors well right. you know when you go out and get an investor and they give you cash they're going to want something for that and what they want is a piece of your business they want right. ownership so you don't own 100 percent of your business anymore you have to give a piece of that away and that's really expensive mm -hmm. uh, you know shark tank is as popular as this and it works for some businesses, but the problem is, if you know, if you notice, most businesses on Shark Tank are product-based businesses. That's true. But the right. problem is, most businesses that start in this country are service-based businesses. That's very true. Yeah. So you, you know, it's it's not wise to give away a piece of your business when you are the product. Um, so the best way and the cheapest way, if, you know, is to generate cash for a business is to make a profit. Right. Thank you for sharing that. You're, you're absolutely right about that service versus uh, product-based businesses. Most of them are service-based businesses, and many of the people who listen to the startup life are service-based businesses as well. So I appreciate you making that distinction also as well. Adam, let me ask you this, man. What did you learn from your biggest failure? My biggest failure, I've learned, you know, <laughs> you're thinking I'm making this up because we just talked about it, but I learned from my biggest failure to protect cash. I hear that. Okay. You know, I, uh, the, the website, actually the, the e-commerce store that I started right. was actually by the time I got it off the ground, it was my fourth attempt. <laughs> mm. uh, I started a couple of times in college and then, uh, by the time I became an accountant, I, I just learned, you know, I had a lot more knowledge, uh, and had experience because I failed the other times. I just, I just simply did not protect my cash and I gave it away on very stupid things. I gave, you know, I spent money on things that were, were sort of vanity things that really gotcha. didn't matter. We've all things, been there. Yeah, absolutely. Or We've things that, that don't produce a positive return on investment. And that's why I tell clients, 
if you're going to spend money, whether it's on paying an employee, buying marketing ads, paying insurance, rent, whatever you spend money on, you've got to ask yourself, am I going to get this money back in the terms in, in uh, the form of more profit? And if the answer is no, then you don't need to spend the money. You might as well keep the money in your bank account. Absolutely. And, and I know this sound, is sort of a weird question to ask because it's really not an easy yes. You know, if I, right. if I hire this employee, am I going to get my return by, you know, on this employee salary? Well, I don't know, but, but that's why you've got to think through things. And that's why having somebody like us, a CFO on your team, will help because we help you figure that out. But there's no point in spending money on something where you're not going to get a positive return of investment. Otherwise, you might as well keep that money in your bank account. Got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. So Adam, let's switch gears here because I actually want to talk to you about something that, that's actually kind of fascinating to me. And it's kind of in your space as well. So we've all heard of this, this, this phrase called fintech or financial technology. And it seems to be you know, the future as it relates to small business owner use and stuff like that. And Startup Nation, if you're not familiar with fintech, it's like apps, websites, and more that provide some type of financial service, you know, to whether it be crowdfunding, bank, banking, stock trading, or even accounting. So Adam, I guess I just kind of want to get your take on fintech. Is it the wave of the future or is it just a fad? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that a lot of these services make sense. So for example, and I'm not familiar with the investing side of things. Gotcha, gotcha. World. But uh, there's there's accounting and bookkeeping type right. businesses that are popping up online. And I mean, I think it makes sense. Uh, you know, it, it if if you have a uh, if you have a small business. And you could go online and get, you know, let's say a bookkeeper, for example. You know, we don't do bookkeeping, but that's just an right. example. There's ton, there's a, there's a lot of popular services that are popping up. If you could get a bookkeeper uh, at a you know very reasonable price, then I mean it completely makes sense. I mean these businesses would not exist if there wasn't a need. Right. Um, so I mean it it makes sense. My only concern and what I would tell small business owners is to just vet them. Um, you've got to, you know, if, if, if you can get somebody on the phone or, or do like a video chat uh, to meet them and make sure they understand you and understand your business and your goals, you know, that's, that's the, that was my only hesitation. Gotcha. Oh, I have to agree with you there. I think that's my concern too, because I mean, true enough, FinTech is great, but only to a certain extent because it takes out the human element, like, yes, there's the numbers and then, you know, people say numbers don't lie and maybe AI can kind of see what the numbers say and this that and the other. But I feel like the numbers only tell, they tell a big part of the story and what you're trying to do in your company, but it doesn't tell the entire story. And so I think for somebody, I think there still needs to be a human element startup nation to making certain financial decisions and not just depending on what just the numbers say. Would you, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, and that's actually actually why I I uh, created the business model that I did. For sure, for sure. Because there has to be a human element to it. For, you know, for example, if you have QuickBooks, most business owners and entrepreneurs have QuickBooks or something very similar to it. It'll give you reports. There's you know, hundreds of reports that it'll give you. The problem is you have to know what to do with those reports, and most people are not. Uh, 
are not focused or not trained or skilled enough to know what to do with those reports to impact their business in a positive way. Right. And, and that's because they, they're focused on the, the, like we talked about earlier, on the craft of their business. A dentist right. is going to stay focused and getting and honing their craft at dentistry. A marketing person is going to hone their craft at marketing because that's what they do best. And their accountant, or, or they could pull up, you know, a, a balance sheet on, on QuickBooks or whatnot, or their accountant can give them a balance sheet and they'll, they'll just look at it and probably put it on the side of their desk to be never, to never be seen again. You've got to have somebody that's, that is focused uh, and, and understands small business financials and helps interpret things in a way that that allows you to grow your business gotcha gotcha thank you for sharing that so i want to ask you this really quickly right before right before we go to break so entrepreneurs consider themselves lifelong learners always engaged in constant professional development whether it be reading books listening to podcasts and everything in between so when you hear professional development what does that mean to you and what are you learning now yeah so uh you hit the nail on two things. I, I'm a reader. I read, okay. I, I try to read two business books a month. Okay. Um, and there's so many good ones out there. There's, you know, and I, this is what I love about reading is that for 12 bucks, <laughs> you can get insight into an expert's and, and into an expert's mind. For sure. It's, it's the, you know, it's the, I just finished a book by a, uh, a, uh, CEO of a major business. And it, it's like that person would never sit down with me and, and share with me all that stuff. But I was able to get their knowledge and read it for 12 bucks. Um, so reading is definitely good. Uh, you know, I also listen to podcasts. Uh, I think, you know, very similar to reading uh, podcasts can give you very digestible help mm-hmm. in an easy to understand, easy to digest manner while you're on the go. I mean, I, I walk my dog several times a day that's what I do. I listen to podcasts. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How you like being on the Startup Life so far, Adam? I love it. Yeah, this is great. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're getting great value from Adam's content, but we got to pay a few bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson. This is the Startup Life Podcast, and it is powered by the Binge Podcast Network. business owner the startup life reach is growing wouldn't you like your business to grow with it reach out to us to advertise on the startup life you can reach us at 901 857 
888-458-4818 or you can email me at dominic at askalsolutions.com. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, this is a great music to have break on, but wouldn't this break sound a lot better with the same music but your business being advertised on it? Need more content from The Startup Life, you say? You can now sign up for The Startup Life All Access Pass on the Binge Podcast Network's Patreon page. There is exclusive content written by yours truly, video content where I share even more of my business philosophies, and whatever crazy content I can think of out of that crazy head of mine. And at only $5 a month, yeah, $5 a month, this is more content for you, Startup Nation, to really get ahead of your competition. So instead of upsizing that meal at your favorite fast food joint, you can now invest in yourself on your path to entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to sign up. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So Adam, sir, Tell us all about the CFO project and tell us exactly how it works. So we contact you and then what happens? All right. So the the entire point, the entire goal of working with us is for us to give you a plan to have a growing and more profitable business. Okay. So uh, the, you know, the first thing that we'll do is we'll assess your small business. We'll un you know, we'll understand what's going right, what's going wrong. We'll spot red flags and we'll spot opportunities for growth. But we just need to digest and look at things through a financial lens. And we'll come to you and say here, you know, we'll meet for about an hour and we'll say, here is the assessment on your business. Here's what we think is going right. What, and you know, what things need to be improved upon. And then we'll craft a plan, a strategy for going forward. And then what that involves is every month we'll meet for about 30 to 45 minutes every single month. And behind the scenes before our meeting, we'll, we'll understand the, the uh, we'll analyze your business and understand how your business is doing and how it's tracking towards our plan that we created. And then we'll get on that phone call for 45 minutes and we'll say, here's the three to five things that we think you and your team needs to focus on this month. And we'll make it very clear. And if you focus on those three to five things, those will be the most important things for your business to stay on the right track to have a profitable business. So, you know, we'll make it very clear, say here's the three to five things and we'll strategize on that phone call how to actually get it done. And we'll make sure you're very clear on what you need to do to make sure it happens. Uh, and then the next month, we'll do it all over again. And then, you know, the, the goal is that your business will become a uh, more profitable and growing and will hit the goals that we set. We're kind of like a, you know, a, every business, every big business has a CFO, a chief financial officer. Right. And that person's job is to make sure the business stays in business and thrives. That's it. Gotcha. Well, every business needs something like that, uh, but small businesses just don't. Uh, so that's where, that's where we come in. We meet with you. We give you, you know, like your own CFO. Uh, and we, behind the scenes, we'll, we'll analyze your financials. We'll handle, uh, uh, understand the, the performance of your business. And we'll come to you and say, all right, based on the current performance of your business and based on our goals for your business, the, the goals that the business owner and, and we set together, Here's the three to five things that, that we think are the most important for your team to work on this month. And then we discuss how to make it happen. That way, the business owner is focused on the most important things that need to happen to stay in business 
so that they, you know, that not only they don't fail because, you know, of course, 50% of those businesses we talked about earlier fail, but so that they will grow and have a more profitable business, which is what matters. Profit gives you cash that you get to keep. What you do with that cash, totally up to you. You can spend it, you can give it all away, you can save it for retirement, it doesn't matter. But the, the, the point is, your business is supposed to give you cash that comes in the form of more profit. And that's what we help you do. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. So l- let me ask you this, man. So let's say you have a client and you started working with them, but you start to see there's some red flags that were, or maybe you guys aren't a good fit. What, what do you do in a scenario like that? How do you have those tough conversations with a client where you found, you found out like maybe they're not a good fit? Like you give them, like you, you give them, uh, the directive for the month and then maybe the next month they didn't really follow through on everything and then the following month they you know, they you know follow through on even less things than they did the previous month right so how do you have those tough conversations with clients well th- that's a great question i've only if you know in all the years i've done this i've only had to i've only had to fire two clients okay <laughs> because of that um, right. the the first client they just simply didn't do what we were discussed and uh, and they're out of business today, coincidentally enough, mm. uh, this was two years ago. But I told that person, I said, if, you know, I can keep taking your money <laughs> every month. Right. Uh, but and then the second client, just uh, very similar situation. But that's just two. There's, but there's a lot of other clients that, you know, all the other clients that we've worked with, we really don't have that problem. Because what we tell them, what we tell them is the most important things to focus on. We make it very clear so that it's a very small step to take for the business owner. We're not asking them to climb the mountain in one month. We're saying, here's the first three steps to climb the mountain and we'll point them in the right direction. So we're, we're making it, we're, we're taking this one step at a time because we're all about change. We're all about improving your business. And, and we're about results and results to us is did your business after a year of working with us or six months of working with us make more profit than last year? That's what we pride ourselves on. So, you know, other, you know, other service providers like your bookkeeper, we talked about bookkeepers earlier, their job really is just to record what happened, regardless if you make a profit or not. Mm-hmm. We're different. We're there to make sure that you make a profit and so when we, we, when, we, yeah, when we meet with our business owners, clients every single month, uh, they, they're very receptive and they want to make sure, because they, they care about their business. They want to make sure that they are, um, are going to do the things to, that matter. And, and the businesses that are not going to listen are probably not going to become a client in the first place because I found that those business owners typically have a, a um, larger ego than, uh, than they should. Right. And I've found that those, and I was, this is going to sound bad, but larger egos are usually with people who want to start a business or, or are within the first several months of starting a business. Mm. People who have a business more than a year typically have been humbled enough to know that they can't be an expert at everything. Right. If you're the dentist, like I have a doctor, a a doctor client now Mm -hmm. 
pretty large, he owns a pretty large practice about 16 other doctors that work for him. He flat out told me, he said, I've been doing this for a while. I've realized a long time ago, I'm a horrible business owner, but I'm a great doctor. Right. Um, you know, he's, he's not trying to be an expert at everything. So it, it's a perfect fit. We come to him and say, Hey, you know, here are the four things that we spotted that we think you should work on these four small steps. And then we say, all right, you know, we, we, on the call, we'll ask the doctor to assign those four things to certain people on his team and he'll do it. And, and we have a system, we have a way to track to make sure all this is happening. The next month they'll get done because he cares about his business. He wants to have a growing and more profitable business. Got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. And so I, I want to ask you this because we have a lot um, many people in Startup Nation who who are in the food truck business. And I see that you've actually helped a food truck business before when I was looking at your client list there. Yeah. So, you know, I was curious about what are some of those key things in that industry that, you know, people who are starting a food truck should be aware of from a financial standpoint? What are some of those like starting key points they should be aware of? So that's a good question. And this answer sort of applies to any business. Okay. But you, before you even start, the best thing to do, and everybody talks about a business plan. And I think business plans are completely overrated. Okay. What you really need is to just get out a sheet of paper or open an, open up a Microsoft Excel and just map out the the flow, the 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 sales flow for one client or one customer. So in the food truck business, map out exactly what you're going to sell and put, you know, pick a uh, popular product or what you think is going to be a popular product and assign a dollar amount to it. Let's say that, you know, in this, in this, the food truck that I helped was an ice cream uh, company has several ice cream uh, uh, trucks. So their most popular product, we assigned a dollar amount to it. And then we figured out the cost. How much does it cost to, you know, the actual cost of the ice cream? And then how much does it cost to operate the truck and all these various things? So we break it down. So when that person sells one ice cream, this is truly how much is going to their bottom line. Then we figure out on paper, how do they even get the, the, the customers to their truck? How much do they have to spend on marketing? And so, and so we break it down in, in a finance, literally in, in numbers from A to Z, from, from marketing all the way to depositing the money in the bank account at the end of the year, how much it will cost them. What does their business model look like to operate a food truck or operate any type of business? And then, you know, of course, we're, we try to be very, very realistic with the numbers. And if you're starting, if you're starting a business, this is going to be a guess. Right. There's, there's ways that we can use sort of more accurate numbers. But if you're an existing business, we have accurate numbers to, to, to use, to play with. And so we'll map out what it looks like and we'll make sure we're using realistic numbers. And then we'll figure out, once you have this down on paper, once you have your sort of your business model on paper, then we'll figure out what needs to change in order to be more profitable. Let me back up. Actually, if you if we map it out and you're happy with the you know the end of the year, if you're supposed to make if we think you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars in net profit, if you're happy with that, then that's great. But at the end of the year, you're only supposed to make two hundred dollars. 
obviously you're not going to be happy with that. So we're going to figure out what needs to change, you know, because it may not be sales. It may be that your product costs are too high, or it may right. be that you're not marketing correctly. Right. And so we'll figure out the most important things to change and we'll help you figure out how to change that. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. And once again, Start Automation, if, if, if Adam is the person you think that can help you in your business, go to the cfoproject.com. We have a link in the show notes for easy access for you to uh, get that information to get in contact with Adam for sure. Adam, let's lighten the mood a little bit, just a little bit. So I'm going to, let, let's say you have an idea or product or service that you, let's say product, it's probably easier, right? And there's three entrepreneurs that want to work with you. Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, or Steve Jobs. Who would you pick and why? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, that want to work with me? Like in yeah. terms of, uh, like as like, an investor? Like, let's say all three of them want to work with you on building, the, not as an investor, like be there at the ground floor, building this company. They all three want to work with you, but you got to choose one. Who would you pick and why? Oh, man. That's a great question. Uh, I would probably, I would probably choose Mark Cuban. <laughs> okay. okay. Why Mark? Uh, I think he, and then, and again, I would be probably happy working with all three of those. Oh, of course. Who, who wouldn't be right. Uh, but I think that he is more pragmatic. I think he lives more in the real world. <laughs> Uh, with understanding the entire, uh, and, and let me back up. It also depends on what type of product we are selling. For sure, uh, for sure. It's more technology than probably Elon Musk. Right. Uh, I don't know. That, that's a really good question. I honestly have to do some more thinking about that. But if I had to pick right now, it would be Mark Cuban. I think he's just more pragmatic and approaches things from a realistic standpoint mm -hmm. of, is this a viable product or service? Can we scale this? If if we can, you know, can we throw a bunch of money at something that's working? If we can do that, then let's just figure out how to get it to work. How do how do we create a a, a business model that works that later we can throw money at to scale? Um, gotcha. I think he's more. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I try to put a question in there to kind of lighten the mood, to kind of have a little fun or whatever. So I appreciate you kind of indulging me there a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you this, man, because I, I believe no one builds a great business on their own. And we all have partners in many different ways. So, Adam, I want you to tell about tell me about Holly, your wife. How has she what has she meant to you on your path to entrepreneurship, supporting your endeavors and everything in between? Oh, man, that's, that's a good question. I think it's important to have somebody that if you're an entrepreneur, it's a lonely world out there. Uh, it's important to have somebody to listen to you. Absolutely. Uh, whether they offer anything of value, and obviously she offers thing, you know, val valuable insight. But even right. if she didn't, it helps to have somebody to just listen that can understand what you're going through uh, or what you're going through. And I think that any, I think she understands me because I'm not, and I think, probably most people listening to this podcast are meant to be business owners or entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I haven't met many real business owner, like, like, a, you know, true entrepreneurial or uh, existing business owners that are doing it just for the money. I really haven't. I think it's more of a, 
a calling and you're meant to be a business owner because you have all these ideas and you want to do things. And if you, you know, like myself, I had a corporate job and I just felt constantly like I was sitting in a box and I couldn't escape the box because, you know, there was, you know, a million other, other people that were ahead of me. Right. Um, and so I, I wanted to, to, to do a lot of things in the business. And uh, so it, it's important to have somebody in your sphere, whether that's your spouse or a family member or relative or friends or, or a mastermind group or what, whoever that gets it and helps support you because it is very lonely. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where you want to, you want to give up on a regular basis. And there's something inside of you that, you know, you're not going to give up, but you want to give up. You want to go to, to, you know, what you think are greener pastures. Um, and you need somebody that, that just helps understand that and just helps listen because it is lonely. For sure. For yeah, sure. That's a great question. Thank you. For, thank you for answering. And I appreciate that. Yeah. So Adam, I believe all entrepreneurs have an entrepreneurial superpower. What's yours and why? Oh my goodness. It's never giving up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, and I, like I mentioned earlier, it took me four tries to start the business right. you know, for my first business. Um, and it, it finally took off. Uh, but I feel like perseverance um, actually, I think Steve, I read a quote yesterday. It's kind of funny. You mentioned that Steve Jobs mm-hmm. was quoted as saying that he thinks that most, most successful entrepreneurs are the, the one thing they, they possess is perseverance. I hear um, you got to have that because if it's, if you're the type of person to give up easy and you want somebody to tell you what, you know, the five steps to, to getting rich and you really don't want to put in the hard work, you're not going to make it as a business owner. You're right. not going to make it as an entrepreneur. You've got to be able to put it, be willing to put in the work and like it. You have to like working and, and putting in the blood, sweat and tears. It has to be ingrained in you. And I think most business owners that I meet and entrepreneurs that I meet, they have, they possess that. Because if you're honestly... If you're in it just for the money, for the first probably five years, you'd be better off going to get a job if that's all you really care about is the money. You might as well go get a job because you'll, I mean, you know, you, you can make, you know, decent money working for a lot of businesses. But the reason why business owners and entrepreneurs start, in my opinion, uh, and work for less than what they they would make in a job is because something inside of them is, is telling that this is their calling. This is their path. I just, the reason why I started the CFO project is I just hated seeing all these business owners who had so much inside of them who were so passionate about what they did, but they, they failed because of just some red flags that they missed because they just were not financial people. And it's sad, you know, at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, a business is a financial entity. The whole point is to make a profit, which is a financial number, right? Number. And you've, got to focus on what is the most important things for your business to stay in business. And that's what we do. We just do it in a really easy and digestible manner so that business owners can focus on what they do best, knowing that they have this peace of mind, knowing that somebody is helping them as sort of like their financial guide. Got you. Thank you for sharing all of that. And uh, before I ask the last question, Adam, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the Startup Life Podcast, powered by the Binge Podcast Network. You gave amazing value about 
you know, the, the importance of financials and, and profit margins and understanding that, but also understanding that like, look, this, this is a very lonely journey. And so a lot of times it's great to have a partner there with you along the ride, even if it's just for encouragement purposes, for sure. So Adam, I'm actually going to turn the microphone over to you because there's an entrepreneur out there who's losing hope. They're afraid to start their company or they're in their company and they feel stuck. Give them some words of motivation that tell them to keep going forward today. Yeah, I mean, I would just say if you really believe in yourself and you really believe that you're meant to be an entrepreneur or a business owner, that to, to, to persevere and if you have to pivot or change, that's okay. Just because you started off one path, you're, you know, once you, once you understand the next step, once you get to that next step, it's okay to change paths, to pivot, uh, but just keep keep moving forward, keep persevering. Uh, because if you really, truly believe in yourself, I mean, you'll make it. It may take a while, probably will take a while. But if you believe in yourself, you'll get there. Enjoy the journey. I mean, entre- there's a reason why people, entrepreneurs and small businesses stay entrepreneurs and small businesses because they enjoy the, the autonomy and the dependence and the freedom that being an entrepreneur provides. You're going to want to give up, but I would just say keep persevering if you truly believe in yourself. I hear that. And that's going to wrap up this session of the Start of Life. Adam, how did you enjoy being on the Start of Life? Oh, this is great. Thank you. I really enjoyed the questions. No worries. No worries. All right, Startup Nation. So here's my final take. I am very glad that Adam came on the show for two reasons. One, because he talks about working on the business versus working in the business. That part is critical, so I don't need to go over that anymore. But secondly, Startup Nation, he talks about the financial health of your company. Look, when you think about Shark Tank or The Profit or any of those business shows, one of the important things they always ask for are the financial, because the financials really speak to the health of your business, whether it be, are your profit margins at the right place? Are you bringing in enough revenue to keep the doors open and a myriad of other things? So really keep that in mind, Startup Nation, on your path to entrepreneurship. And if you feel like the financial health of your company could really benefit from Adam Services, I would actually reach out to Adam and any blog or content he creates on financial health in your business, I would really add that to your entrepreneurial toolkit. If you want to let us know what you think about the show, have an idea for a show topic, or like to advertise on our show, please send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is here in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as can be now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or whatever your favorite platform to get your podcast on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Startup Life All Access Pass to get exclusive content. This is exclusively on the Bench Podcast Network's Patreon page. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life.
Solid Mation, are you hanging around for extra content? All right, here you go. Uh, so there, I tell a story about PayPal. Uh, came out, you know, 20 years ago, and you send money through through email. And then a few years ago, Venmo came out. I don't know if your 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 audience is familiar with Venmo. You're yes, familiar with Venmo. very much. So, so. Venmo came out. It does exactly the same thing, but it just did it so much easier. And in a way that you know, back then it was emails. In the last few years, everybody had smartphones, so you could just download an app and send the money very easily, uh, just with their phone number. And then, of course, PayPal then ended up buying Venmo because it was the same problem, just solved in a much more elegant way that that people just couldn't resist switching from PayPal to Venmo. And then, of course, PayPal. That's why they had to to buy it. But so there has to be a lot of differentiators, not and not superficial ones. It has to be more than just your user interface. It has to be more than just everybody's doing it three clicks. You're doing it in one. Well, great. But how does that really dramatically change my life? Or, or the life of my business by using your application. It has to be a complete part of them shift. So we go from South Carolina down to Florida and we talk to Samuel Morheim. So Start Animation, if you want to get that content as soon as it's available, go ahead, subscribe to the Startup Light Podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. So that way, when that episode is available, it'll be right there waiting for you. But until then, Startup Nation, get out of here. You got a company to grow.